0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschel from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit Um, Today I'll be team teaching with Pastor Doug, and so I feel like I'm just a forerunner, and and he will come and uh, close off today's session. But the, the theme that we've been given, and I'll ask you to put up my slide, is fire. Fire, amen? Fire. Today I'm trusting God and I think as you began to hear from the different speakers and finishing off with uh, Pastor Randy right at the end, he spoke about a fire of God. That God wants to release his fire upon a generation, upon a people. People who were once on fire, God wants to set you on fire again. Ones who are cold, ones who have been saying, God, I want to know you, I want to experience you. I truly believe that God has created and has availed this opportunity through this prayer conference for us to be able to receive the fire of God. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I love worship. I'm going to have us just sing one song before we get into the word today. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Fire, fire, amen. But would you join me to your feet and let's, let's, let's press in. This is not, it's a simple chorus. We're just saying one thing repeatedly. But here's the thing. It's not just a song, the more I've been singing the song, it's a prayer. This is our prayer we had prayer conference amen. So would you join us this afternoon as we just press into God Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship. Yes Lord
1: set us on fire for you O oh God. We surrender. Set us on fire for you, oh God, we surrender, oh Lord, set my heart on fire for you, for You.
0: You were sitting this afternoon. You were setting our hearts on fire. You were setting our hearts on fire, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you were setting us on fire for you, Lord. Yes, you were setting us on fire for you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, a fire that cannot be quenched. A fire that cannot be quenched. A hunger, a passion for your name that cannot be quenched. Lord, set us on fire. Set us on fire tonight, today. Set us on fire this afternoon. Father, where we've been called, where we have gone cold, set us on fire, Lord. Set us on fire, Lord. Cause your fire to fall down in this place, to consume us. Lord, you are the consuming fire, Lord. You are the consuming fire. So Lord, we say, set us on fire, please. on fire that we would run we would run in this season in this new decade we would run and not look back we would not flinch we would not stop father we would have a fire we would have a fire that cannot be quenched a fire that cannot be quenched a a longing that cannot be quenched Lord we hunger for you we desire for you Lord we long to see a move of God in this time in this season in this decade Lord, send a revival, send a revival, Father, on this nation. Father, we are in need of a revival. We are in need of a move of God. So, Lord, we say, set us on fire, Lord. May we be the carriers of your presence. Father, may we be the carriers of your fire. Father, I pray today. Father, let anointings be activated healing anointings Father as you did with men of old women of old, do with us today Father as you performed mighty miracles Father as you turned the tides through ordinary men ordinary women who responded to you, do it today with us Lord but God we know we cannot do it without the fire of God we cannot do it without the fire so set our hearts on fire Lord Set our hearts on fire, Lord. Set our hearts on fire, Lord. Father, we want to have an encounter with the Almighty God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Shataya Bahaya, Shata, Shimama. There's a man in the Bible called Jeremiah. Jeremiah is described as the weeping prophet. He was a weeping prophet called by God to preach to the to preach the most unwelcome message ever delivered to a people who would reject it. A people who were turned away from God. And yet God chose not a hard man, but a man who had a tender heart, a trembling voice, and tear-filled, tear-filled eyes. To convey such a harsh message of judgment. See, Jeremiah would weep every day, even as he delivered this message. He tried to run away from it many times. But you see, there was something that God had deposited on the inside of him. God would say to Jeremiah, even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I set you apart I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah would say, Lord, I am only a youth and I cannot even speak. Yet God would say, I would put my word in your mouth. At one point it would become too much. The burden would become unbearable for Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 20 we would see this account in verse 7. Jeremiah would cry out and say, oh Lord, you induced me. I was persuaded, you were stronger than I and I was pre- and you prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak anymore in his name. But his word was in my her- in my heart, like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. I could not. Jeremiah says, he gets to a place where he says, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot continue preaching this message. But then he says, the word of God is like a fire. Ah, I, I, I want to have that vision, a picture in my mind of fire. Fire that is shut up in your bones. That you cannot get rid of this fire. God may in this season, may you set us on fire. May you cause the fire not just to be on the surface of our lives. But may this fire go deep into our bones. So much so that we cannot, we cannot but do what you've asked us to do. Like Jeremiah. Like Jeremiah, Lord, set us on fire. Billy Graham said this, he said to get a nation back on its feet, we must first get down upon our knees. We're here to pray, we're here to seek the face of God, we're here to cry out to God, because God can, God will, and God is able to anoint a people, to set a people on fire for Him, cause them to be so consumed by Him that they begin to change the face of a nation. We have heard this time and time again said by Pastor Tom that the the deliverance of this nation will not come through our politicians, but it will come through a man and a woman who have set themselves on fire, who God has set apart, who God has anointed with fire and who look at, at evil and confront evil. God set us on fire. Set us on fire. David Wilkinson, a man I love who I followed so much, he says it takes more than just concern to see revival take place. We must be baptized in the fire of anguish. Ha! We must be baptized in the fire of anguish. We cannot just have a concern We cannot just be concerned with the state of our nation. We must be baptized in the fire of anguish. Anguish doesn't just say, well, that looks bad. Anguish takes action. Anguish starts saying, I will be the solution. I will do something. David Wilkinson speaks of a man called Nehemiah. Nehemiah, who Pastor Thomas has spoken of so many times, a man who was filled with anguish, left where he was because he had heard that the walls of Jerusalem had come down, filled with anguish, came. We heard about unity. Came and began. But a man who was set on fire, because a man who's on fire begins to set those near him also on fire. God set us on fire today. Set us on fire. Set us on fire. Because we want to see a revival in our time. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, said set yourself on fire and people will come from miles to watch you burn. People will come from miles. People will come from miles. We won't have to do so many gymnastics to get people to come to church. Pastors, God will begin. He says if you, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto myself. If we can be set on fire, if we can, as we've been taught in this house, be true to the word of God, be on fire, not just be hearers, but doers of the word. The Bible promises, I believe as this man said, people will come from miles to watch you and I burn. People will come from nations. Gone are the days, gone are the days From here, we heard a prophetic word that Pastor Tom said, that he saw lights coming out of this nation. There will come a fire from this nation that will begin to touch the corners of this world. Those fires are you and I. God begins to send men to different places. But there are men who are set on fire. Men who are set on fire. See, throughout history, we have seen. Sorry, I'm going to ask you to just stay standing. I'm not going to be long. But throughout history, we've seen men who God set on fire. He set them on fire. Today, I want to just quickly show you. Maybe take your seats for a second. Take your seats for a second. Keep playing. Men who God set on fire. The first man I want to talk about quickly. And I chose men that maybe sometimes, again, when I started reading of these men, these are men that I had not personally heard of. A man called John Alexander Dowie. A man who is described, if you can put up that slide, as the healing apostle. Born in 1847 in Edinburgh, Scotland. Named by his parents John, which meant by the grace of God, Alexander, helper of men. You see, his parents were intentional to give him a name that he would live out. You see, as parents, we cannot just give our, name, our children names, Tambudzai. And then expect to see them be used mightily of God. His parents knew it. He was so consumed by the desire to know God that at the age of six, he read the Bible cover to cover. At age seven, he received a call to ministry. I'm saying this for a young person who's here, who's saying I'm disqualified because I'm still young. This man at the age of seven received a call to ministry. His teenage life was one that would be marked with suffering, chronic disease, severe indigestion problem. He was a sickly child, but one day after he studied the word of God, read it. And saw the will of God concerning healing. He prayed for his own healing. And he received it. It says he was completely healed. At 21, he would give his life in total surrender to God. See, as he grew and studied the will of God concerning healing, he began to cause an unrest in his times. Doctors. That he looked at and he saw that these men do not have the key to healing. Only God has. And so he would begin to have many people who would become enemies to him. John faced many challenges in his ministry. But see, the passion that was on the inside of him was so strong that it could not be quenched. While pastoring in a small town in Newton, a death-breaking plague swept the na- th- that particular region. And it says that many of his congregation members fell sick. In fact, it says 40 members died to this plague. One day as John was in his house, it says a, people, a group of people came running and said, quickly, quickly, come sir, Mary is dying. Mary was a young lady who was a part of his ministry. He went to the house grieved by the situation because he had laid to rest so many of his members. Got to the house, sat at the, sat at the, at the bed of Mary as he looked into her eyes and you could see death staring right back at him. It says there was a doctor in the room who was pacing up and down who had frantically given up and said you know what and he makes this he passes this comment he says well the ways of God are a mystery to us all it says in that moment John looked at this doctor and with the holy anger rose inside of him and he said this is not God this is the devil and he says the doctor left that room offended by those words but it says that John went on his knees and began to pray earnestly He prayed to God that he would heal this young girl, this lady. And it says that she looked at a point where it looked like she had died. But suddenly, life came back to her. And she was healed in that moment. The Bible, I mean, the story goes on to say that her siblings were also sick in that house. John went and he prayed for them. And they too were healed. This would see the launch of his healing ministry. From that moment we would see an exponential growth take place in his in his ministry but again many persecutions over a hundred times he was thrown in prison because many would come and oppose the gospel he was preaching and yet he says i never flinched." he said this he made a statement he says the supernatural will never bow down to the natural it's in the last days of his service in a the congregation had come around and John began to believe he was Elijah because a the these stories, we realize that these men fell; they made mistakes because everyone makes mistakes. But it says he began to think he was Elijah and the crowd started saying to him, hey, pray for rain. And you know what? John said, okay. He got on his knees and he prayed, God send rain. And he says that one of the announcers got on the mic and said, please, ladies and gentlemen, run quickly. Because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. It says that before they could even leave the tent, God honored that prayer and rain fell down. Today I'm just showing us men and women who God touched and used mightily. A woman named Maria Woodworth Etta. A woman known as the demonstrator of the Spirit. Born in Ohio, 1844. Mightily used in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Known as the grandmother of the Pentecostal movement movement. She heard a call of God telling her, go into the highways and hedges and gather the lost sheep. Described as a woman who lived her life in the realm of the spirit. She was a friend in heaven. That was how she was described. Early on, she would again also have tragedy in her life. Her father one day was killed in the fields while he was working. This would mean she would have to return early in her life. As she was in her education, she would come back and she would have to help her mother at the house. Meaning she didn't have a proper education. But one night an angel of the Lord would visit her room. And she would see a field of golden grains waving as she was preaching. God would say, I've called you into ministry. She would say, God, I cannot preach. In fact, I don't even have an education. Sounds familiar? And yet God said, it is you who I've chosen to do this. The story accounts that Mary, Maria... Would pray to the Holy Spirit to teach her even as she studied the Bible because she had no real education. And the Holy Spirit would reveal to her. More tragedy would fall into Maria's life. She had six children, five of those children died to disease. See, Maria's ministry was marked with the demonstration of God's Spirit and power. One thing that was common was men would come into her meetings and they would have these like trances that would last for hours. They would be so touched by God that they would just be in this moment and they would see open visions. Many came into these meetings, they called it crazy. This is lunatic. She says these three stories. Once 15 qualified doctors came into a meeting and of course one who was a very, uh, who was known as a very strong and very uh, classy doctor in his field came and looked and he said, this is crazy what's happening. But as he was mocking, suddenly the power of God hit him. And he says he got into a trance and he saw God and he says from that moment he gave his life to Jesus and began to serve God. Now the story of ladies that came into the meeting, sitting at the back of the church laughing at what was taking place. But as they were laughing, suddenly the power of God struck them. And again, they had an encounter with God, started crying out, Lord have mercy on us. They too gave their lives to Christ. Another one, a man walked up during the service with this very judgmental look on his face, wanting to see what was happening at the front, but it says before he could get to the altar, the power of God hit him. He lay there for hours and God showed him a vision of his life and that man was used of God. He, was, he responded to a call of God. These are things that happened in her meetings, she too would be arrested. But she would always say, I will not stop doing what God has called me to do. Even in the last days, it says that she would preach in a wooden chair. People would visit her home and she would still be praying for people because she was consumed by fire. Even Roberts, known as the Welsh revivalist, born in South Wales. Parents would take him to church, bring him in the presence, because they believed that revival must start in the heart before we see it on the earth. And they would take him into these meetings and he would start having these encounters with God. One meeting he went and he heard a preacher saying, bend us, bend us. And in that moment he prayed for total surrender. He went back After everyone had left, he went back to that place of meeting and he started crying out to God, bend me, use me as you will. God used him. He did great things. He changed economies. It says that local stores, Bibles began to run out. Coal miners, in those days, we used to use vulgar language to command their horses to obey. They came to his meetings transformed by the fire of God. They went back and they couldn't use the same language. They couldn't use the same language. They came back and they started giving their horses now directions without profane. And their horses had to learn a new language because of something that had taken place. Today, church, I believe that the same God who's done it with these men, with these women, is doing it in our time. And we must trust God just as it was. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one place, in one accord. They gathered in one place. One place. God did something powerful with these men. It says as they gathered in this room, suddenly there came a sound. A sound from heaven. But with that sound, it says they came tongues of fire. Ordinary men. Was set on fire. And as they left that room, they left a different kind of people. They left men who were on fire for God. And they changed the face of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the book of Acts is still being written through you and I today. God is still moving
2: in our lives today. Today. <laughs> The fire, whenever the fire shows up, there's a contest. There's a contest between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. When you read 1 Kings chapter 18, the great contestation, the Bible says, Elijah said, you go ahead and pray to your own God. And I'll pray to my own God. But the one who answers by fire, he is God. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says there were tongues of fire that rested on each one of them. We heard, as Pastor Ling was talking about all those people, those were individuals, those were men and women like you and I. Where is the fire of God in the nation of Zimbabwe? Beginning of the year, many churches are praying and fasting. And they are praying for the nation. If everybody prayed, in earnest, in unity, we would see a difference in this nation. If everybody, 80% are praying and they are praying to this God who answers by fire, then we would not have the challenges that we have in our health domain. We would not be standing and people are dying in the hospitals as if there is no God who answers by fire. On the day of Pentecost, the tongues of fire rested on each one. Pastor Tom said in the word of the year, he said, This year you have to hear God for yourself. I thank God that the fire did not rest on Peter and then Peter had to distribute, but it rested on each and every one of them. You and I have the fire of God in us. You and I have the responsibility. The fire of God is not for us to look good. The fire of God is to cause a change in a nation. The sick must be healed. Come on, somebody say amen. Ways the God of Elijah? Elijah says, the God who wants us by fire, he is God. When you read in the book of Exodus chapter 3, when Moses had the encounter with the burning bush, the Bible says, Moses had been in the wilderness for 40 years, and the fire showed up because it was now time for the nation of Israel to be moved from bondage into the place of their deliverance. Well, it's 40 years. 40 years. Zimbabwe is 40 years. Zimbabwe is 40 years. Where are the Christians who are going to stand and pray and say, Lord, you've got to send your fire in this nation. Where are the Christians who are going to stand and pray and say, Lord, let the fire fall on our family altars. Where are the Christians who are going to stand and pray and say, Lord, in our churches people cannot come burden and go back burdens. People cannot come loaded with diseases, loaded with demonic forces, and just go back with their Lord. Where is the fire of God? Pastor Tom said in the word of the year, he said the church has been operating outside of the fire of God. It's not, it's not for us to have big ministries, it's for us to bring reformation to nations. Where is the fire in your workplace? How can people be doing what is unrighteous and yet God has deployed you in that marketplace? The power of the church is not to come and sit and listen to sermons, but the power of the church is for you to be equipped that you go back into the marketplace and the fire of God begins to cause you to influence what happens in the marketplace. I remember in our company, people, we we, we ran into problems. And as we ran into problems, we used to have people meet and pray. And the people who used to meet and pray it was the guys who were considered the low ones who were your messenger and all those. The other guys who were professionals, they would not come. And we would pray. And as we prayed, when we came out of the prayer meetings, then they would mock us and say, so you are the ones who are coming from near God. What did God say? How come things haven't changed in the, in the company? And yet in one of the prayers, the guy who was considered the least in the business said the Lord has spoken and said this is the solution for the business. We waited on that promise for five years and there came a day when there was a manifestation of what God had revealed. You must understand that in your business you may be considered the lowest but the spiritual structure is different. Where is... The God of Elijah. Where is the God who answers my fire? So now we have a crisis in the health domain. I work in the health domain. That's why I'm talking about that. So now we have a crisis. Why are we wasting an opportunity because you and I must be laying hands on the sick, must be laying our hands in the people who begin to testify that there was a crisis in the nation. (laughs) But some men who are filled by the Spirit of God, they came, they lay hands on me. Now I am well without the intervention of medicine. It is because we have no options. Come on, somebody. Are you here? Where is the fire of God? Our time is almost up. When you receive the fire of God, Pastor Tom Elion was talking about taking territory. The fire is for us to be able to take territory. When you read after after, after the day of Pentecost, Paul and the apostles, they began to go out. And as they went, they began to take territory. When you lead someone to the Lord, we have taken territory. How can we have churches and we have altar calls and people are not getting born again? How can we be in the combi and the people leave the combi without getting born again? Who is taking the territory? Let the fire of God consume us. Let the fire of God rise up on the inside of us. Let something say in you, it's enough. I cannot do this anymore. Let the fire of God burn on the inside of us. people. Where are the young people on fire for God? Where are the young people who are on fire for God? When I was once young in this ministry, I remember Pastor Tom saying, I would rather have a wild fire than no fire at all. Get out there, start out some fires. Where are the prayer meetings where the young people are meeting and they are praying Where are the young people on Facebook? Where are the young people who are rising and saying this is our future? This nation is our future. Our future in this this nation. So we cannot just stand by. Let God arise and all his enemies be scattered. here to watch. To watch means to be alert. To watch means to be to be awake. Wake up church. You and I, we have to begin to rise up. Let's have the family altars. Let the fire fall on the family altars. Let the fire fall on the companies. Let the fire fall in our small churches. Let the fire fall in our cell groups. Let the people be so consumed with the fire of God, that as people begin to pray, the world will be able to say, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has redeemed the people that were in captivity. The Lord has lifted up people. oh God oh God oh my God oh my God oh my God there is a time where you have to put away everything and begin to say my life depends on this I have to wrestle and contend for my destiny I have to wrestle and contend for my destiny Do you realize that nations are at stake? Do you realize that your children's life is at stake? What will our children say about us? As a young lady, when we were still at university, and you know, there was riot police that would come. And as the riot police came, she was wearing a heel set. She would say, oh my God. Oh my God, before she had seen the right policeman, when the right policeman showed up, she left everything. She said, my way, my way, girl, my way. Some of you are still too sophisticated because you have not seen that there's a need for you to arise on the inside of you. There's a need for you to begin to take this seriously and begin to say, oh my God, it's about time. It's about time. If God could consume us, if God could consume us, Shalabasat. satan the bible in the book of churches speaks about samson he says samson he tied the foxes together as he tied them he lit them up as he set them a place, each one as it went it was a lighting it was lighting the philistines field the field of the enemy was being lit up as the foxes are going today i want to declare that as we are being lit up today. We are going in our territory. We are going in our workplaces. We are going in the different places and we are lighting up the place. We are lighting up the place in the marketplace. We are lighting it up. In the universities we are lighting it up. In the schools we are lighting it up. In our families we are lighting it up. Come on somebody begin to pray and ask the fire of God to consume you. Come on begin to pray. Come on, begin to pray. Let, let God arise. Let God arise. Yes, yes. Let God arise. Let God arise.
0: Let God arise. Kayama kayama kaya. tutu. Yeah, tutu. Shi Kayama Kayama makaya. Rebot. Nana Masaya Mandelas. Toto. She had Let the fire
3: Kiria
2: Tayama the fire. set Let the fire. Let the fire. Let the Hallelujah.
3: Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I think that that last scripture was speaking about these two. They tied their tails together and, I mean, I think that they set the house on fire, don't you? (laughs) Father, I thank you for the fire that came out of these young men tonight. And this day I declare, Father, that even as they have spoken, so shall it come to pass in their hearts and their lives. Unlock the fire. May they be the example of what they have spoken this day. Burn in them and cause them to be a flaming fire. In Jesus' name, I pray. The fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of God. There has to come a stirring up and a moving out from your comfort zone. If you can't, you can't. If you won't, you won't. But if you will, you will. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm looking for the wildfire looking for the wildfire somebody go do something for god trust him see if he won't meet you we'll clean up the mess don't worry but i'd rather have a little bit of mess than we're so safe one man said this some people most christians live so carefully so as to arrive at death's door safely that's not how i want to live live radically for Jesus. Let's live radically for Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's thank God. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.